Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. I want to just, first of all, let my audience know how honored I am to have you here because seriously, Victoria Gallagher is just incredible. I mean, world-renowned hypnotherapist. That's amazing. I think that's so fun. You are a best-selling author. You are also a success coach. Is that correct? Yeah. I help entrepreneurs and business people usually uh, to achieve uh, success, track their ideal client, all of that. That's amazing. I love that. Is there anything that I have not introduced about you that you want to make sure that my audience knows before we jump into just having this really great conversation about what we do? That was a wonderful introduction already. One little thing I might add to that um, is because it's my biggest focus right now, um, which is my HypnoCloud app. So I'm the founder of HypnoCloud apps, and um, which gives you access to over 500 different uh, hypnosis sessions right in the palm of your hand. I was going to just... Oh, that's, cool. That's my app right there. It's beautiful. It that looks really pretty. Beautiful music. And, um, and we just keep piling more and more hypnosis sessions in there, cool. uh, you know, to help people really with this law of attraction, you know, thing, Yeah. Um, because, you know, so much of it really takes place at the deeper level of your mind. And so, um, so that's how they kind of go hand in hand. That's awesome. And I actually want to talk to you about the deeper levels, the different levels of our mind. We're going to get to some of that later on today. First, let me just tell you, I've listened to some of your meditations. And as much as I know that you and I are on the same page with so much of like what what we actually believe and how we actually show up with clients. I don't have that amazingly soothing voice that you tend to have. (laughs) I was thinking about that earlier. I'm like, oh, she's just got this soft and and soothing voice. And so it's almost like you were made to do this. I would, I would venture to say, you know, that's a really good point. Um, I, yeah, I really do believe I was made for that. And I'll tell you just, you know, a little bit of the backstory on that is that, you know, I started out in life probably by first grade. Um, I wanted to be a singer. I was, you know, we were in, it, taking music in elementary school and uh, the, in, the teacher would go around the room and ask people to, uh, to sing. And it was the first time I actually like, like sing, sang, you know, like I didn't even, I don't even think I thought about singing before that. And so I sang, you know, in my little seat in the little U-shaped uh, area and, and I sang and the teacher said, Oh, you have such a beautiful voice. And she didn't say that to all the other kids. Mm -hmm. And so I decided from that moment forward that I wanted to be a singer. Now, fast forward to about, um, age 21, I kind of decided that I wanted to, um, join the corporate world. And so I, I started joining the corporate world and then fast forward to after I be, you know, when I was getting certified in hypnosis, uh, once again, we're in a classroom going around and everybody's reading the, uh, script 
and the hypnosis script. And I just had it down. I mean, I had been, um, it, it wasn't the first time I was, uh, I had been making uh, little recordings in my uh, boyfriend's at the time's recording studio. And I found all these, these meditations and things like that. And I was, uh, and I just wanted to record them just for fun. Mm-hmm. And I liked the sound of my voice, you know, and so uncommon. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> most people do. Right. Yeah. I mean, the podcasting world as are you. And one of the primary things that people say is, do you want me to do what? Because I can't stand to listen to the sound of my voice. So that's really amazing that you actually not only liked it, but you loved hearing that. That's great. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll get caught up because I'm making these little TikTok videos and I'll like sit there and I'll listen to the, the video over and over again. It's like, okay, you have to stop, you, you know, like, yourself, you, Victoria? <laughs> <laughs> so I do like the sound of my voice and, um, and it was something I did notice, like when other people were reading the hypnosis script that like either they didn't have a good sounding, a naturally good sounding voice, um, or they just didn't have the, uh, the rhythm, uh, and the pace, uh, to be able to speak in a very, they just weren't naturals at that. Anybody can do it. Anybody can, can have a nice voice. Anybody can learn the skill of speaking in a rhythmical, uh, patter that you need to have in order to hypnotize somebody. But just speaking to your point, I do believe, you know, cause, and, and I'm, I'm expanding on that for myself because sometimes I've been like, Oh, what is it really that I do that makes me unique? Like I, you know, I I'm a hypnotist, just like, you know, any other hypnotist, but I think you're right. I mean, that is something that does you know, that, that is one of my gifts is, is just kind of having that nice voice. So thank you for, for mentioning that. You are very welcome. Yeah. I think it is so neat when there is a learned skill that anybody can learn. And yet, you know, that it's something that kind of comes naturally to you. I've had people say that just about my ability to listen and to empathize with individuals. It is something that I, I learned how to do. And so it took me a long time to say, well, how do you know that it's a natural thing and not a learned phenomenon? Because it wasn't something that became an issue until after I had gone through the learning process, having sat though, and tried to teach it to other people, I realized that either, even though it can be learned, there is this natural ability that just kind of helps exponential exponentialize. We're going to make up words today um, to, make, <laughs> to, make that, like, to have that result be exponential for people. And that seems to be one of the things that's exponential for you. So that's really great. Thank you. You Thank are welcome. You. I'm going to tell you, Victoria, that one of the things that I love about what your purpose is, is that you are dedicated to empowering people to live a life that's in alignment with their dreams. And I know I'm not stating that specifically from, I mean, I think you have something like that on your website, actually. Mm -hmm. I took a few words out. Uh, I don't think it takes it out of context though. Those are the words that really resonated with me because as I'm working with individuals, when it comes to money mindset specifically, it is so important for me that they are actually in alignment with what they actually want and who they actually want to become. And I know that when you and I spoke for the first time, we really started to connect on that level because so many other money coaches out there, it really is all about the practical. 
which I know you appreciate because you named your book practical. Um, but it also, it, they tend to forget that it has to be something that's in alignment with who this individual wants to become. And so the fact that you are all about empowerment rather than just giving them the information, right? right just handing stuff over to them. You want them to be able to take that and apply it themselves. I think that that's such an amazing thing. At what point did you realize that that was what you were set out to do? Oh, I can pretty much tell you that it, it was so remember I, I had um, decided to depart being a singer and join the corporate world. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that took me into ultimately becoming a financial consultant. And I uh, went through the ranks of ultimately, um, you know, becoming a fairly successful stockbroker, making a six figure income. And by that point, I, you know, I was married to a different person, um, had a, drove a nice car, lived in a nice home, um, you know, wore nice clothes had enough money to, uh, spend on, you know, whatever. And it was, uh, you know, I, you would think that having that all figured out by 28, that I would be like, quote unquote, happy. And what I realized, you know, so I started just kind of having, this, uh, you know, this, this generalized feeling of malaise and lethargy and couldn't really get out of bed and, um, and actually just feeling like anxiety and depression and just like, what the heck is wrong with me? You know? And so I took these personal development, uh, courses. And during these courses, you know, we would just go and we would do these visualization techniques and, um, we would, um, you know, ultimately kind of make peace with our past, um, and also make plans for the future and, uh, and do some really, really cool things with our imagination and, uh, connecting and, uh, even tapping into our, our super conscious mind that has all the answers. And I was just like, this is so cool. Like somehow or another, I've got to be in this world. Like I, I want to inspire people the way that I've been inspired this weekend, somehow, some way that's going to be my, my, my job from now on. I don't know what that looks like, but it, it put me on the path. Mm -hmm. And, um, so part of it, I kind of thought, well, do I want to be a seminar instructor? Part of it was just, do I want to uh, just keep trying to enroll people into uh, these courses? Well, that wasn't working. Um, and so then I said, you know what, if people don't want to, um, you know, like trust that this is amazing and, and spend a weekend and spend the money to, you know, come here and, and, and go on this amazing journey, I will make recordings to give people this experience and they can listen to it in the comfort of their own home. They can download these recordings off my website and I will just make all the different, I'll just bring the seminar to them. And so at that point, that's when I really started, you know, making recordings to help people with goal achievement, helping people with motivation, helping people with uh, financial prosperity and helping people with just visualizing in general and helping people with forgiveness and all the, all the things. And, you know, that ended up being a collection of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of audios, but what 
I figured out was that, you know, the, the, you know, the, um, bottom line is when I was being a financial consultant, that was no longer in alignment. And I was feeling a little trapped because of the fact that I was making good money doing what I was doing Mm -hmm. and not wanting to start all over again and not, and not knowing, um, if I could make a living and it just kind of came down to when I left that position and I decided I wanted to become a hypnotherapist and, and help empower people to live their dreams. I said, you know what? I don't even care what I make. Like I, it, it's not even about the money it, you know, yes, I want to make money just like anybody else. And yes, I deserve it. And everybody deserves to, but I just know that it's more important for me to be happy than it is for me to make a lot of money. Uh, And inherently, you know, people have it backwards. You know, they think that they're going to be happy when they make a lot of money, but I proved to myself that wasn't true. Mm -hmm. And so really, you know, we have this backwards. And so that's why it's so important for me to empower other people because you know, eventually you'll burn yourself out. If you go after the money, um, thinking that the money is going to make you happy more than likely, you're just going to chase it away. Yeah. Or the worst will happen. You'll achieve your goal and you'll make the money and then you'll realize, Oh, oh, okay. So I got to do something else to make myself happy because making the money isn't the thing. Now, money can bring you definitely some things that are going to make you happy. I mean, money and money is not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. It's just that the chasing it, thinking that that is the thing that's going to be the end all be all, Mm -hmm. um, you know, is, is not going to ultimately result in what, what you're looking for. So that's why I've just really aim for empowering people to just do what you love and, and um, you know, and, and you will find a way, there is a way to turn your passion into uh, money somehow, some way there is a way to do that. And some, you know, some things might be, require a little bit to tap into a little bit more creativity, (laughs) um, you know, but, uh, I, and, and not necessarily will the thing that you do to, um, you know, that you, that you're passionate about be the thing that makes, you know, you, you might want to just like volunteer at a, um, you know, cat shelter because you love cats, but, but by doing that, you're raising your vibration, and you're feeding yourself and you're feeding other areas of your life where now, you know, you can turn that other thing into, uh, into, into making more money. So, yeah. yeah. And as I hear you talk, Victoria, I hear a lot of the pattern of unknown, you know, not knowing what, what's going to be, uh, yet. And okay. So I also hear happiness you use the word happy a lot. And if I may, I love to substitute that with fulfillment 
as well, because I think a lot of times people kind of get those confused, like happy seems to be kind of a fleeting moment. And some people think, oh, if I have enough money, yes, it will make me happy or it will allow me to do the things that make me happy. And yet there's still, you can be happy, you know, and yet still not feel fulfilled. And so there was, when you were talking about when you were a financial advisor, which I didn't know about you until today, by the way, I didn't know that that was a background. And if you shared that with me, I admittedly forgot. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so I, I do think that that's really cool that you have that connection to the financial world. I didn't even know that. And, and yet those things that, that you thought were going to bring you happiness, you realize I was not fulfilled in that moment and that there was something bigger out there. The piece that I love about the unknown is that when you, you said, this is what I want to do. I don't yet know what that looks like. I don't know how it's going to serve others. And I don't know how I need to show up to make that happen. And yet you were willing to make that, that shift in trajectory to say, this is the direction I now want to go. And then you kind of took a step out in action in faith. <laughs> it was an inspired action, right? One that you had intention behind. And I love that you were willing to go with the ebb and flow of trying something, seeing that it didn't work. And rather than giving up saying, well, how else can I do this? Cause I know for sure this is the trajectory I'm supposed to be on. I know this is the direction I'm supposed to be going. So if this isn't how it's supposed to look, let's try this other thing and this other thing. And I know you use the word creativity I don't even know if you know this about me, but a lot of the people that I want to work with are people who are creatively minded. And that mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean artistic. Uh, mm -hmm. I realized it took me a long time to, to just be okay with being a creative myself. And by okay, I don't mean like there was something shameful about it. It was about owning the fact that I am creative. I grew up in a very artistic family and I'm not super artistic. So I was measuring my creativity level with a measuring stick that was based in art, in artisticness, right? Artisticness. I am just making up all sorts of words. Today. I love it. By the time we're done. Yes. Um, well, it's, it's, it, it's expressing your creativity. Right? <laughs> uh, and I, I realized that I do have a very creative mind. Like I am very, I'm very skilled at being able to look at something in several different ways or be able to look at this jumbled mess and kind of make some sense of that mess. That's a creative mind. I didn't recognize that because I was using that artistic uh, measuring stick. And so when I say it took me a while to come to terms with that, I realized that I am very creative. It's a good thing to be. And so many people who are in the financial world can I say there's sticks in the mud? Is that a <laughs> <laughs> they can be. They can't, yeah. And and they kind of lack some of that. Maybe they're just sad. Maybe they're just not fulfilled. I don't know. But they kind of lack some of that energy and that that spunkiness and that creativity. And it when I realized I have that to bring to this industry, then I thought okay, now the people who are creatively minded, who are a little bit like, oh, over here, oh, look at the birdie over here. And I've got this and, and there's all this stuff going on. The last thing that they think they want is to learn about numbers and, and how to set up spending plans and, and all of those things, <laughs> right? And so I very much like you recognize this is the road that I wanna be on. And yet, how do I make that look different than what other people are making it look like? And the whole money mindset piece of it is something that is just very, very exciting to me. And so when I ran across you, talk about seizing opportunity, right? I was on Clubhouse for, 
I don't know, 20 minutes, something like that. And I'm not even on there. I actually wanted to be on more. I was going to make that an intentional thing. And I have not done that. (laughs) I can Uh, relate. Oh my God. So many shiny balls. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And yet for that 20 minutes that I was on there, you happen to pop into a room. And when I, I heard what you said, and I immediately had this energetic thought that said, you need to connect with her. You want to connect with her. And I, I seized that. I didn't know that much about you. I didn't know how well known you were. I might've talked myself out of it had I known all of that. So I'm really glad that I didn't know. And I just went with my gut instinct and I went ahead and messaged you and you were gracious enough to say, yes, let's talk. And then when we realized we're both from Phoenix and had, I mean, we had an instant connection. And so I share that not to pat myself on the back, but to let my audience know, you guys never know who is around the corner, who you, if there's a reason, if there, if there's a, an instinctual thing that says connect with that individual, just do it. Oh, <laughs> it cost us so what, 40 true. minutes of our time or something like that. And it didn't cost us any money. And it just, it, it cost us a little bit of pride to say, okay, put that aside go and meet somebody different. And yes. so I, just, I love the idea that you, A, that you're willing to do that and B, that I was able to seize that opportunity and they don't all turn out great like that. You know, sometimes it's like, eh, that, that wasn't as great of a connection as I had thought. Uh, and at the same time, you'll never know if you don't seize it. You never know. You know, I had my version of that actually. Um, so, you, uh, you know, in, in the beginning of my book, you know, I've got the, um, uh, oh, what do you call them? The, the endorsements, um, at the beginning of my book. And yep. so I had, when I was writing my book, I decided who was going to endorse my book. So every time I would, um, open my word document to write, I would see that first page, um, endorsed by blah, blah, blah. I just would have like Lorm Ipsum Delore, uh, text in there. Um, it's just this googly gawk, you know, uh, text, but I would have their names. So I would, I would just kind of unconsciously see their names all the time. And I don't know. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to connect with these people, but, um, one of those people, uh, happened to be Joe Vitale, who's, um, very well known in, uh, he was star of the secret and he's written like something like a hundred books. I mean, he's just, you know, all about, of all about this work. And so I had no idea how I was going to connect with him. And, but, um, but literally, so I had just connected with Bob Doyle, um, who's actually a good friend of mine now. Um, and so I had, so after connecting with him, I'm like, okay, next week I'm going to get Joe Vitale. And so I was on Facebook And he never, I've never, ever seen him go live ever, but there he was live. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go watch this live. And so while I was watching the live, I mean, it's like, I didn't really care too much about what they were talking about. I'm like, I just need to make a connection. I need to make a comment in here so that I can, uh, you know, now I have a, I'm a familiar face. I'm a familiar name to him. Yep. And, and so I, action, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. So I'm in there, I'm commenting, commenting. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I'd love to have you on my podcast. And so he says, send me an email and to blah, blah, blah. And so I sent him an email and had him on my, had him on my show. Yeah. And so I'm like, and by the way, you know, um, I also wrote this book and I'd love to have you endorse it. And so I got him to endorse my book and it was just amazing that, you know, it's like just acting in that moment, putting that inspired action or putting that, uh, taking that inspired action, but putting that intention out there mm -hmm. and just watching things show up like that is pretty amazing. But, uh, you know, again, it's like, you have to act you have to say, oh, is this the moment? Because you never know exactly how it's going to happen. Right. I, you know, might be trying to beat the do door down some other way, like sending him an email blindly without any recognition. And maybe I wouldn't have ever gotten uh, that connection with him. Mm -hmm. So it's just really interesting, you know, how, how things can, can come about like that. Um, I also wanted to acknowledge, I love your distinctions that you made. I think that's really important to make that distinction. Number one, between the happiness and the fulfillment. And so thank you for making that, that distinction between the two. And then I also loved your distinction that you made between creativity and being artistic mm. because they are, I mean, we are all creative. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us is creative. We may not be, you know, artistic or have the ability to draw or paint, um, the, or it may not come natural to us. We may not be you know, born with that skill. I, I get a little jealous of people who like, and just, paint something amazing in an hour, you know, I mean, <laughs> I can do paint by numbers or I can come out with something pretty good, like from the, um, those little wine and paint things. Uh -huh. Yeah. You so, probably surprised yourself, right? I know I've surprised myself during those things. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. But for me to just from my own mind or from a mm -hmm. picture or whatever, like that, that's probably not happening, but creativity, we all have that. Yeah. And it does get a little stifled as we grow up because, you know, as children, um, you know, we, we get told not to go this direction, stay within, draw within the lines. We all have to sit in these neat little rows and in school and, um, you know, stop daydreaming and, and all of that stuff. I mean, uh, there were these studies that were done where, I mean, children, um, you know, between two and four tested at like 85% uh, creative. Mm -hmm. And by the time they are seven years old, they're down to about 5%. So sad. It's really sad, you know, and, and it's unintentional parents say they, they don't really understand how, I mean, nobody's really taught uh, all of this, this stuff and how, uh, how, how much of an impact just the word, no, or don't do that. Or you're a bad girl. You're mm -hmm. a bad girl. Mm -hmm. I mean, that has such an impact on uh, a person because it's like, you know, you, you, you're connecting the, uh, the action with 
who you actually are as a person and shaming who you actually are. But anyway, getting away from that, uh, that's what, why there's so much shame though, around uh, being creative and being artistic. And so anyway, but outside the box, I mean, that, that is one of the things that, uh, you know, especially when it comes to money and finance, it's like, there's this way to do it. You know, you know, you have to, and I hate that word have to like that (laughs) have to and should I try to help people just get rid of those words and actually talk about get to and want to and so that it becomes more something that that they're actually like excited to get up and do Uh, a lot of times in this in this world in this finance world it's like well yeah I mean you you have to do this this and this live on a budget live on less than what you make Um, save up save 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 Uh, and by the way I I do believe that a lot of people should be doing some of these things and so I just even I just use the word should, right? Uh, because I'm still on learning some of this stuff that I've been so hypnotized to believe. Um, and, and yet it's the underlying purpose for it. So don't just save so that you can live on almost nothing in retirement. Like these are a lot of the words that we hear. You're going to retire at this age and you want to live on just a little bit now so that you have enough, but is it ever really enough? So you're going to have to live on very little. Cause what if you don't live, you know, I just, all of it is just like, um, okay. So when do people get to be happy with this? When do they get to feel fulfillment with this? <laughs> like, when are they going to be able to feel like uh, there they, is going to be enough? And I think that's oftentimes where we get into this scarcity mindset. I mean, I know at one point, my husband and I, we paid off about $92,000 worth of debt in about three years. And at the end of that, I had this now what moment mm. and I didn't feel fulfilled. And it was because I was really, it wasn't a it, it was chasing a goal. It actually wasn't even chasing money. The, the thrill for me at the time, he just kind of went along with it because, you know, when mom's happy, everyone's happy. Uh, <laughs> for me, though, the thrill was in chasing that goal. It was in achieving mm-hmm. something specific. There was just no real underlying why and meaning behind that goal. And so when we got there, it was just one of those, again, wah, wah, wah feelings like now, now what, you know? And, and so it was at that moment that I realized I don't want to teach others to do things exactly the way that we were taught to do things, because if it's not going to be fulfilling in the end, then all it is is numbers on paper and it doesn't really matter anymore. You know, and, and what if I had died the next day, we would have died debt-free, which would have sounded fun and great. And we wouldn't have felt fulfillment. So that doesn't make any sense to me. So now I just, I actually start with the why with individuals. Uh, We talk about putting your money where your why is so that it can help you make those decisions. Uh, We're still very intentional with what we do, there's just this recognition that, you know, there is a behavior before that, though, there's emotion that comes that we have that we feel and that feeling comes from a belief that we have. And so if you wouldn't mind, Victoria, I'd love I think this is actually a great segue to talking about those different layers of the mind. It's always fascinated me. I know that my listeners are also going to be fascinated by just what those layers are in your words. What tell us what you can about those layers and, and what we need. Yeah. To- So, um, so essentially, so we, you know, we all have one mind, but the mind is divided into several components. Um, the most basic are the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And then I also like to talk about the super conscious, which is not in my opinion, it's not part of our individual mind. It's actually more part of the 
the whole. It's like infinite intelligence. So backing up to the conscious and the subconscious though, the conscious mind um, has one, has, has several jobs and the subconscious mind has several jobs. Conscious mind is a very small, small part of your mind. It's like five to 10%. And it's really, it's, it's job is reason and logic. Um, it's very short term memory. It's the willpower that you need just to make yourself do things for a very short period of time. Um, it knows how to count things, you know, so it's just the very, um, analytical, rational, logical, common sense, uh, part of your mind. Um, and it's, it's the part of your mind though, that's like really, um, it's, you know, it's aware of like right now, like whatever you're paying attention to right now. Mm -hmm. Um, then you have your, your subconscious mind and the, that's the bigger part of your mind. And that's the part of you that's really running the show. And most of our decisions that we think we are making at a conscious level have already been made at the subconscious mind, what under your awareness. Mm -hmm. So it is when they, I say subconscious, like literally think of it like the, um, ocean, Okay. And like submerging, you know, like what's under the water. So the subconscious. So conscious is what you're conscious of. Sub is what you're not conscious of. So all the rest, anything that you're not aware of right now is in your subconscious. So like even what you did yesterday, and if you're not like thinking about it deliberately right now, that's in your subconscious mind. And so is whatever happened when you were two years old, all that's in your sub subconscious mind. And it's always there. It's like the largest, most sophisticated data bank. It's where all of your programs are stored. Your programs where like, you know, when you first learned how to drive, that became a program. When you first learn how to tie your shoes, that became a program. Um, all learning how to type on a computer that, you know, we had to be very conscious of how we did that, but now it's all a program. And we have all these programs also for our behaviors and like how we think about things. Um, and like, honestly, um, you've got the people that are watching Fox and you've got the people that are watching CNN, right? Mm -hmm. And the people that are watching one television show, they're being programmed one way. And, and that is formulating how they believe because repetition is one of the ways that this gets programmed. Um, so do heighten emotional uh, experiences. So if you've ever had something like, you, you know, you were a smoker and you're mother or father died of cancer. Um, that's a heightened emotional experience. And usually like a person who's tried everything to quit smoking, they go through that experience and boom, they're changed forever. Mm -hmm. And so, so there's only a few ways really to like break these trances, these, mm -hmm. these spells, you know, I was inside ask yourself. You about that. Is that, is that something that well, I'm, I'm kind of assuming that hypnosis helps with that. Um, so what are those few ways to break that 
spell, if you will, if, I mean, do, are we all needing to just await that heightened emotional response or, or trigger, or do we have other ways that we can fix that? (laughs) Right. So, um, so through those heightened emotional experiences through repetition, so that's where affirmations come into play and then hypnosis. And so when you go into hypnosis, there's, um, so like I was talking about, there's the conscious and the subconscious. Well, there's also different brainwave frequencies that are going on in your, in your mind. So when you're in a heightened aware state, you're in what's known as beta. And then you drop into uh, slower levels of brainwave when you get like little, little relaxed, uh, just closing your eyes, visualizing something you drop into alpha, and then you can um, go even deeper in that into theta, which is a level um, just before you're going to drift off to sleep. And then sleep is actually uh, delta. So that theta state, that's the state that we're achieving when we go into hypnosis. That's why you want to get very deeply relaxed. And when you're in that, you're in kind of like what's called a hypnagogic state um, and hypnosis, essentially you're in hypnosis. And um, what's happening is whatever you are feeding your mind in that moment, it's going in, it's being received by that powerful subconscious mind. And so if you are visualizing yourself, like I do all the time right now, you know, I just bought my beautiful house, uh, six months ago, and then I'm looking to get a pool within the next year. And, and I have a particular goal that I'm working on in business that will ultimately, you know, like that, the pool is really just a reward, uh, that I can visualize. So it's an easy way for me to like visualize. So I go into the state, I visualize this, uh, this pool. I allow myself to feel the emotion of being there and what that does, the impact that that has on the subconscious mind is that it will figure out. It doesn't know the difference between what is real and what is imagined. So when you are programming your mind, I have a pool, I have a pool, I have 10,000 paid HypnoCloud subscribers. I have, you know, all of these things. When I program that into my mind, the subconscious mind, because it works based on programs, it's not reasonable. It's not logical. It's very creative. It's it is your imagination. It is a problem solver. It, so, so now, you know, it has to figure out how to solve that problem. How do I get a pool back there? How do I get these 10,000 hypno cloud subscribers? How do I make this, you know, so it will figure that out. And then of course it, once it's figured that out, Um, it's going to give you like signs and ideas and, and, um, you know, actions that, that you need to, to, to act on. I mean, and it's, you know, that's just how it works based on law of attraction. Cause that's what I love to talk about, mm-hmm. but you know, like same thing with weight loss It's the same way with smoking. It's the same way with, uh, being able to, you know, have a better relationship. It's the same thing with, uh, being able to, um, be smarter and, or read faster or any of those things mm-hmm. that you want to do. Um, you, you just, you're creating a new program where that old one used to be in, in your subconscious, the old one's still there, but it's just, you're 
creating literally new neural pathways in the brain that when you used to go down this path of thinking now it, that path becomes sort of like almost disconnected mm -hmm. and then you're now connecting to the new path much more easily like and so that's how and you're yeah and so that's how habits Mm -hmm. Yes. That's how habits are formed. You know, when you go to a hiking trail and like everybody's stomping down this, this path. Um, and, but there is, you could go down that path, but nobody goes down that path anymore. So it's like, you kind of steer clear of that one. And it's the right. same thing in your, in your, uh, in your brain. And so it's all, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go I ahead. Didn't interrupt you. I was just gonna say what I think is really fascinating about this is that we had zero prep for this particular conversation. And yet the parallels that are coming up between what we talked about at the very beginning of this conversation and now are just amazing. So when you said, I knew that I didn't want to do such and such, I wanted to do this. And we talked about how we didn't know what that future was going to look like, how it was going to happen. And yet just understanding that this is where you belong, putting yourself on that trajectory, you figured it out. And you just described the whole process of your subconscious using almost the exact same language. And none of this was set up. <laughs> so <No. laughs> those parallels are pretty cool. I think, you know, I mean, it just, it goes to show that what, what we're talking about is not just BS, you know, it's, it's real stuff. And I think that that's why you can get away with saying the practical law of attraction, because you're just taking what is, what is seemingly unattainable and you're putting it in words for people to understand in their conscious level right now. Um, and, and I also love that you said that the subconscious, I mean, sorry, that the conscious level is only about five to 10% of our brain. And yet that's what we try to <laughs> operate in 90% of the time, you know, until we're actually very intentional about identifying what's going on at that subconscious level. Yes, it, it's so true. And that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to combine these because, you know, I love law of attraction. Um, but, you know, so many people are confused by it. They're not able to make it work. Um, but the reason why they're not able to make it work uh, for themselves is because they're just trying with just the, you know, the tiny little conscious mind, which is no contender for what's actually going on below the surface. And what's going on below the surface is they have all these ideas and programming about um, how much money they can have, how much love they can have, um, whether they can get into the best health, whether they can meet this person or that person, whether they can have this career or not thing is, is it's all possible. It's all a hundred percent possible. Um, you know, are you going to turn into an overnight success? No. I mean, I've been working on things that I'm manifesting for the last 20 years, but some people have, uh, you know, they, you know, they don't think it's possible to be a millionaire or they don't think it's possible to, but it's possible as long as you don't give up, as right. long as you keep, going, um, you know, anything ultimately is possible, but it's, it, it requires a certain dedicated disciplined, uh, tenacity is my middle name. <laughs> and I mean, if I ever did, <laughs> yeah, if I ever did have a child, that would be her name. <laughs> tenacity. <laughs> that's, that's kind of 
a fun name. I've heard, I've heard way weirder things. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I just made that up. I just came up with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can actually see that being a name. That would be kind of fun. Um, I, I think it, all the stuff that we've talked about is, is very real, like the whole, you know, bad girl thing. And, and so one of the things I work with people is the idea of, even if you don't go to a specific hypnotist, when we hear something over and over and over, it is hypnotizing us in, in our subconscious level. So even just the way that we use words, you know, so one of the things that I help people do is instead of using, but like start to use and, and realize mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to be this or that, that two things can be true at one time. And that we actually will do better when we realize that two things can be true at once. We're not having to choose at that point, this or this. Uh, So just little things like that. And they look at me like I've got three heads, like, sure, this is going to make a difference. And it really does make a difference because you start to, you start to believe the things that you're hearing and who are you hearing the most? (laughs) You're hearing yourself the most, right? Even the spoken word you're hearing, it's going in. And so I think that that's just really cool that you're recognizing, not that you're recognizing, but that you are sharing with my listeners that hypnosis really is one of those things that happens at unintentionally oftentimes. It really does as so much of hypnosis, because it's not even just the hypnosis that you do when you listen to my app, or if you go to a hypnotist that's trained, you're hypnotizing yourself all the time. And other people are hypnotizing you all the time. Um, and, and you're allowing that to happen. Um, be, you know, and, and I, I love what you said about, uh, you know, using and, and not, but because, you know, but like you could say, you know, I, um, you know, um, I believe in the law of attraction or I believe in my ability to be successful, but, and then as soon as you say, but boom, like that just negated everything that you said, but negates everything that has been stated before that. And I have, I have these challenges. So I believe and I have these challenges or whatever it is, they yeah. are, they're both. And also using this even in conversations with people, be, you know, allowing their, you know, two people can come together and also uh, say, yeah, what you said, but blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. let me add something else to that. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just a black or white, you know, it's like when, you know, there's if I hold this book up and what's, what's on this book, well, that was somebody else's book. Um, And I couldn't read it anyway. I'm telling you, my eyes are horrible right now. (laughs) But if I, you know, hold a book up, you know, and I say, what color is this book? And you say, oh, it's red. No, it's black. It's red. No, it's black. Well, both, both are true because the front of the book is red and the back of the book is, is black. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the, with the whole negate thing, and I have four kids, I don't know if you know that about me and they span, oh, I didn't from, know that. Yeah, wow. They span from 16 down to two. So I get all of the gamut right now. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, I I've noticed, I'll tell you about my two-year-old, like you have the, or maybe even my eight-year-old, there's times when, you know, they'll do something that is an undesired behavior. We'll say it's a naughty behavior. I think a lot of times if we say something like, you know, that was naughty, but I love you anyway, that sets up just that word, but sets mm-hmm. up that 
she's making an exception to love me no matter what I'm doing. Whereas mm -hmm. if we say, you know, that was naughty and I love you, that lets them know that I'm going to be loved unconditionally. It does not, it does not give me the right to do something that was an undesirable behavior, right? There, that there's still going to be a consequence of that. Uh, the consequence is not going to be that love is taken away from me though. And I can say that and still screw up on a regular basis with my children, just for the record. <laughs> like I, I know better. And so I do better than I did probably 16 years ago. Eh, there's still, there's still lots of work to be done. Uh, I bring up the 16 year old though, because that whole idea of habit, um, we're teaching her to drive right now. Pray for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that drives her crazy is that no pun intended is that I make her put her directional on anytime she's going to turn. And she's like, mom, there's no one behind me. There's no one that needs to know what I'm doing. There's no one in the entire neighborhood at all. No one needs to know. And I said, this isn't about anyone knowing. I know that that's the reason that you're supposed to put, you, put it on. So I want to teach you muscle memory. I want you to do this no matter what, so that when you need to focus on something else, it is just second nature. You know, you're always doing that. I mean, I, I grew up in, I, I know that you must think I'm only 23. Um, I'm not. And I grew up when they didn't have like the fun sensors on the sides where it would tell you you're going into the wrong lane or that somebody's over there. And so I still to this day cannot drive and switch lanes without checking my blind spot. I, I, I just, I, know. I, don't even, I can't unlearn that. I, <laughs> I, mean, I, could right? unlearn it. I just don't know that it's worth it. Uh, but that memory is like, I always do that. And that's what I want my daughter to do. So that when she's needing to be more focused on something like the people who are in front of her or being aware of the pedestrian who's going to walk in front of her, that turning her directional line is just such second nature to her that she doesn't yeah. even have to think about it anymore. Um, well, so bless I'm you for doing that because I, I mean, more people definitely need to use their blinkers and, <laughs> and, you're, <laughs> and you're absolutely right. I, I, I think that it's something you do turning your blinker, your signals on, it's not something you do just to allow, I, I, it's just, to me, it's part of turning. <laughs> because you've been it's just part way. of the process of turning. Like uh -huh. you, you, you just do it. Yeah. And yeah. so I love that. I love yeah. that you're doing that. Well, and I bring that up. I know we're, we're coming close to the end of time here. I bring it up because I think when people are trying to identify different money habits, for example, that's part of it is just starting really small with something that is seemingly insignificant. There might not be anyone around her in the neighborhood and I'm still insisting on that. So when it comes to different money habits, whatever that is, if it's that, you know, that they need to check their bank account because that's something that's important to them or that they want to, um, you know, specifically carry cash for something, if that's what's important to them, just getting to that small habit, even though no one is around watching them, they're not going to see any sort of significant change in result from any of that. And yet it's such a foundational thing so that when they are focused on the other things, they can, for example, wanting to seize opportunities, they can be aware of those opportunities because all of the other little things are happening automatically for them because they've programmed themselves that way. Am I on the right path with them for that? I absolutely agree with that a whole wholeheartedly. I have a habit. It doesn't matter like how much money I'm making. I have a habit of checking all my accounts every day. I want to see exactly. 
I want the awareness, not only the accounts, but like if there's any credit cards or anything like that, like look at that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that may be even on a little bit of a different note than that, than getting into the habit when nobody's looking, but yeah, getting into the habit of knowing what your situation is. Mm -hmm. Um, because if, you know, so many people, I think the thing is, is that, um, you know, if, if you're not in a good financial spot, people will tend to hide from it. Yes. You know, they don't want to know. It's kind of like if you're overweight and you don't want to get on the scale, I don't want to know how much I weigh, but you can't do anything about it if you're in denial. And it's the same thing with your money situation. So it, and, and the whole point of that is resistance. So if you're in denial, you're in resistance and you can wish and hope and pray all you want, but the law of attraction is going to respond to your vibration. And if you're in such resistance that you're not even aware of how much debt or how much, um, you know, money you have, then the law of attraction isn't going to be able, you're not going to be sending out a strong, clear positive signal and intention of, um, what you want to grow it to. So I think it's really good advice for, for people like, you know, that you're giving to them, uh, to be in some sort of a habit of, um, you know, checking, uh, their, you know, checking and, and doing certain things on a daily basis. Um, yeah. that, you know, definitely is a, a wonderful way of, programming yourself and just kind of acclimating and accepting, you know, like you have to accept the present moment, right. um, in, in order to be able to create something different, you have to accept, yeah, know, and be in touch with where am I right now yeah. and, and be okay with that. And by, by being okay with who you are, where you are being honest with yourself, being, you know, having that integrity, um, you, you're going to, be able to put yourself into like, okay, this is, this is where it's at. I'm okay with that. And now this is where I want to be. And now you have, uh, you know, you, you can create, or your subconscious mind can create a plan to get from a to B, but you need to know where A is and you need to know where B is. Right. Right. Yeah. Another thing that I make sure people do is learn how to ask the right questions, because I think sometimes if we don't know where B is, we like we, we can ask enough questions to go, oh, that's where I'm going, <laughs> you know? And even if it's just something little and I've just made it a habit to at least ask two questions with every person that I talk to. Uh, if I'm doing some sort of HELOC, for example, or I'm trying to refinance something, or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make an investment in something. Even if I think I know the answer to those two questions, I will always ask those two questions. And then my final question, no, those are always two different questions. That final question I ask everyone though is, is there any question that I have not yet asked you that I should be? And that mm -hmm. way it gives, and, and that's a habit I've gotten into and eight times out of 10, they're like, nope, I think you've gotten all the answers that you need today. Uh, and no one seems annoyed. No one is, you know, they're, they're actually quite impressed sometimes like, wow, you really know a lot about this subject and I didn't expect you to know that. Uh, and yet when I say that, is there something else I should be asking you? when they say two times out of 10, yeah, you know, there's also this, 
Now I've just up-leveled and recognized that I now know more than I intended to walk in there into that conversation with. So I'm actually going to ask you today, <laughs> is oh, there any okay. question, Victoria, that I have not yet asked you that I should have asked you or that you would like to share a response to for my audience today? Oh boy. There's so many different directions we could go with that question, but I do feel like we really covered a lot. And I, you asked some amazing, amazing questions. Um, yeah, I think, you know, really the, um, you know, the only, the only thing, um, maybe I would add to it, like just as another question to have asked is just like, how do you get started? How do you get on the road to learning more about and, and having experiences with the law of attraction. And I think one of the things, um, you know, like you had mentioned starting small. And so I'm going to dovetail on that. And I'm going to say, you know, when it comes to learning to apply, apply the law of attraction in your life and manifesting what you want, start with small things. I mean, even like as much as, as, as simple as learning how to manifest a, uh, a great parking space, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you go out and I mean, like, or learning how to trust the super conscious mind that it knows how to get things accomplished, like just setting a mental alarm clock to wake up at a certain time in the morning and, and building that trust that like you, there is something, this intelligence that we have. So starting with these small things and being impressed with these small accomplishments that you're able to do to learn how to really maneuver and manipulate your own mind to bring you what it is that you desire. I think that, um, I love the whole concept of just starting with the most infinitesimally small things. And I'm not sure if that's a made up word, but you know what, honey, if you're making them up, you're in good company. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I would leave people with that, you know, like knowing, know that anything is possible, but if you're just starting out, you want to, you know, like, you're not going to go to the gym and just get big muscles overnight. And it's the same thing with your manifesting muscles. You know, you got to like, you know, start a little small, get yourself into a habit, get yourself to believe that yes, these things are possible and then bigger and bigger things will be possible as you. And that small does not mean insignificant, you know, without that foundation, you don't, you can't get to bigger anyway. And so it actually is quite significant in order to make that happen. So that don't be fooled by the fact that we say the word small, right? That that's it's it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and becoming aware even of your vocabulary is such a huge, huge thing because how we talk to ourselves, if you know, you want to know what you've been thinking about, what you've been focusing on, what you've been talking about, just take a look around you and see what's there. And that is there by your choice and your decision and, and what you talk about, what you focus on, what you're putting your attention and energy on. Mm -hmm. And so if we want to change those things, we've got to change how we're talking to ourselves and how we view the world and, and how we can view ourselves from a place of empowerment. Even if the things you don't like right now, um, you know, like when you own that, you put those there, 
then that's empowering. That's the good news. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you recognize that you put it there, you recognize you also have the power to make that change. Exactly. Yes. I can't thank you enough for being willing to come on here with me today. Thank you so much for having me as a guest on your show. I really appreciate it. And I want to also say a thank you to your listeners for tuning in and uh, listening to this uh, show today. Thank you so much for being here. As always, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Make Money Behave podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about the Make Money Behave podcast by leaving a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. If you'd like to connect directly with Maria, text the word podcast to 623-400-5225. In the meantime, don't just make money, make money behave.